Welcome to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small, your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Brought to you by LakeLink, your online fishing resource at lake-link.com. Thanks for joining us on Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small, back in the saddle again and looking forward to turkey hunting. Jeff Kelm joins me in a bit, and today we'll look at new trailer offerings and get some trailer maintenance tips from Chad Baker of Flow International. My brother Mike compares Wisconsin musky rivers with one he fished recently in North Carolina. And the DNR's John King tells us in-person hunter education classes are back. All that and more coming up on Outdoors Radio. Well, it's time now for the Madison Outdoors Report, and you hear this feature each and every week on WTSO, the Big 1070. It's also on our podcast on LakeLink, iHeartRadio, and wherever you get your podcasts. And joining us once again is McFarland guide Ron Bearfield. Well, Ron, thanks for joining us again. Well, thank you, Dan, for having me on. So um, we're a week away from the game fish opener, but what's going on on the Madison chain? Have you been out there? Well, I've been just out uh, checking things a little bit, fishing here and there just uh, for panfish, trying to pick up a few. Um, and, and they're coming in pretty shallow. They're in, for instance, Squaw Bay. Uh, there's some fish in there right now. The water's starting to warm. Uh, you know, this last last week we had this cool weather, and it kind of dropped the water temperature a little bit. So, But I don't think it'll move them out. I think they'll stay in those places. Monona Bay, there's... Actually, quite a bit of action there if you get on the right little pot of fish. Um, I fish them just like I'm fishing the ice fishing. It's really uh-huh. a little bobber and an ice fishing jig. Sure, sure. Um, you see yeah. many guys um, bass fishing because it is open year-round now. Yes, yes. I have been seeing a lot of, uh, a lot of fellows fishing for bass. Um, I did try it the other day. Uh, caught some small fish. I didn't catch anything of any size. Um, but they are also coming up shallow with the panfish. Usually if you find the panfish, there's usually bass close by. Sure, it, sure. It's, it seems like they go hand in hand. The darn things will, you know, they like the same types of water, so. Yeah, and the big ones eat the little ones, so that's part of it, that's too. That's very true. Yeah. <laughs> so with opening day coming up next Saturday, May 1st, um, how, how do things look? I think it's going to be a pretty good bite. Our water levels are very low, though, so you need to be very careful going out. Like, for instance, Bab- I'll use Babcock Park and uh, and Obrick Park as an example. Uh, the boat landings there are in terrible. St- the landing itself is in okay shape, but the going out of the mouth of the to get out into the lake, say Lake Minota from Obrick, yeah, very shallow. You're going to dig mud. Uh, they've got the water levels drawn way, way down, and which was a mistake on their part, I believe, um, and I, as a lot of other people believe. Uh, the guy that controls the locks kind of, you know, he's so afraid of having a flood in the spring now that uh, that he draws it way down and lets it go. So yeah. um, that's not good. Not a good thing necessarily. The fish, all this money that uh, the Fishing Expo and, and other people have put into fishing clubs, you know, and stuff, into spawning areas, a lot of these fish can't even get into them now. It keeps drawing down so low. So yeah, that's yeah. that's a concern. Babcock Park, as you go out, be very careful. It's the water's very low. You almost bottom out on the rocks there. So oh boy, um, you got to be really careful. Yeah. Well, uh, how about the Wisconsin River? Season for walleyes is open up there. Uh, have you been up there? Yes, I've been fishing up there quite a bit. Um, 
the walleye bite, a lot of the fish, of course, are, are done out of the river spawning and, and moving back to the lake now starting to. Um, the, the Tippery Point area has been producing some small fish for me. I haven't gotten anything really big, but uh, the smallmouth are starting to get active there in some of the holes as well. So that's another thing a guy can uh, look at up there. Of course, the season doesn't close up there at all, and uh, and they can actually keep five if they want to up there, Bass. So. Uh-huh. Um, so not not that uh, not that I promote that, but it's uh, I'd rather eat the walleyes and panfish. But sure, but sure. Um, but but the river's been pretty good. It's actually this last week was a little bit high, um, which kind of surprised me. It was uh, one day it was thirteen thousand out of the dells, and that's uh, from the flow rate, and uh, that's actually pretty high. You know, kind of it's it's getting on that verge of being almost too fast to water up in the river to really control yourself and fish good. So. Yeah. Have you been fishing on the Portage area? I've been fishing from Portage down to the lake, Lake Wisconsin, that Duck Creek area, Baraboo River where it dumps in, yeah. um, all the way up and down through. There's some really good holes there. The walleyes are holding in them right now, the ones that are coming back down the river out of the sloughs and that spawn up in Duck Creek and up in the Baraboo. They've started to kind of back out of there a little bit. And at the mouth of those places, uh, which you might be able to get to now, I haven't been there in a couple of days, but... Um, I could get to it before. You could get there with a with a pretty good sized boat, actually, because the waters were up. But they were holding at the mouth of those rivers for a little while there. Um, the, the northern bite has been very good. I mean, I I don't know how many northern I've caught um, fishing rattle traps. Um, they've been they've been very very productive for me uh, in some of the eddies, you know, and some of the some of the actually the sloughs like Davy Slough uh-huh. and a couple of those. So. Are you, that would be a good thing to try. Are you targeting them, or you're after bass and walleyes, and they just happen to grab it? Well, actually, I, I targeted the pike one morning there, and uh, because I was catching, picking up quite a few, I uh, didn't have anything real big, but I was targeting them with those rattle traps, and uh-huh. uh, they'll hit a spinnerbait right now as well. Sure. So cool. Any muskies? Another option. Any musky action? I haven't seen any muskies yet um, that I can say were for sure muskies. I had some uh, fish roll on the spinnerbait that that possibly could have been because they, if they were pike, they were very nice pike. Yeah. Uh, they didn't get the bait, so I didn't, but I couldn't tell for sure. Yeah, okay. Well, uh, let's switch gears and talk turkey. This is the first week of the regular season. Now, before we get to that, did you take anyone out on the youth hunt? I did not. I was. I had plans on doing that, but I actually went to Missouri trout fishing and uh, oh. calling turkeys and, and mushroom hunting in the Ozarks. Oh boy! Did you do any good down there? I did. I found about two pounds of morel mushrooms, and uh, but I caught a lot of trout. They have a great trout program down there. Them in Arkansas uh-huh. and the fly fly fishing. Once you figured out what they wanted, and they were pretty selective. Uh, we probably caught, I'd guess, between 80 and 100 trout, between uh, anywhere from 12 inches to 18 inches, you know, most of them. Um, and mostly all rainbows, a few browns, but mostly rainbows. Yeah, but it was a, a good way to get away, get out and, and uh, do some fishing and, and morel hunting early. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a good size. Wow, that's, uh, that's a good average size. Uh, did, they were a very nice fish. Did you hunt as well? I, we were going to turkey hunt, and to be very honest, the turkey season didn't open till I was coming back the next day. Uh, it opened the next day after I came back. Yeah. yeah. So we had planned on it, uh, and we kind of got our dates crossed up on that. Otherwise, we would have. But we did not hear a lot of gobbling. Interesting. It was funny. 
Interesting. Yeah, I, I, uh, this is my week too, my first week, and, uh, I haven't heard, I haven't been out much, but I haven't heard anything where I've hunted before. I've been out, and I gotta tell you something. Uh, uh, my friend that I hunt with a lot on his farm, he found two dead turkeys that, that were dead. This was earlier now. He found them probably a month ago uh-huh. while he was shed hunting. And uh, they hadn't been killed by something, so I'm wondering if that really cold weather and that deep snow we had at the same time didn't take care of a few of our birds. Because Why? I'm not seeing them out in the fields like I did. No, uh, I haven't been out much, but I'm not seeing them here. My son, who lives up in Bayfield County, was seeing birds uh, earlier, but now the last couple of weeks he said he hasn't seen any to speak of. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been, we, it's, I'm usually seeing them out in the fields all over right now, mm-hmm. and I am not seeing that. I'm not hearing the birds gobble like they normally are in the mornings. Yeah. Uh, you know, you hear one, one here, one there, but yeah. I'm, the birds, I'm, you know, I'm kind of wondering if, uh, if, if that didn't happen because they would have had trouble getting down through that snow to get to food. Yeah. And, um, you know, he found a few deer too, so, yeah. young deer. Dead deer. Dead deer. Yeah, uh, he found a, a couple young bucks, and um, he also found some uh, young fawns, you know, from last year. Sure, sure. Um, so he's wondering the same thing, you know, if they didn't have a little bit of trouble, and that cold weather would really take its effect on them. Sure. Wow, that's too bad. Well, what's your strategy? We got about 30 seconds left. You, you, uh, you, you like to run and gun, don't you? I do. I don't set up a blind. Usually I'll run, and, because, and this year especially, I'll probably be moving around a little bit on them and, uh, and get as close as I can without bumping them. Yep. Try to get one to gobble and then work that bird. And then working. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And it, but you got to have enough land to be able to do that as well. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Ron, good luck to you on the turkeys, and uh, we'll catch up with you in a couple of weeks. Well, thank you, Dan. You bet. Ron Bearfield with the Madison Outdoors Report. And you can hear this on WTSO, the Big 1070, and our podcast everywhere. I'm Dan Small. More Outdoors Radio right after this. For the nonprofit Ruffed Grouse Society, the well-being of the Ruffed Grouse and American Woodcock is a special priority. But the Society's conservation work benefits more than just these two game birds. The organization's programs help a long list of other young forest wildlife, including songbirds that must have thick, brushy habitat to survive. For more information about forest wildlife habitat management, contact the Rough Grouse Society toll-free at 888-JOIN-RGS. Well, joining me once again from Wisconsin Rapids, Jeff Kelm. Jeff, you're a busy guy with tournaments back-to-back here, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, this is uh, you know, this is an ideal run in tournaments back-to-back. Uh, we, we ended up having to do this, Dan. Originally, this... Uh, event that I'm at this weekend at uh, Ortonville, Minnesota on Big Stone Lake was planned for next week. Uh, but, you know, things happen in amongst all these major tournament circuits and something got passed along and the NWT National Walleye Tour ended up scheduling an event basically the same week. They're, 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 uh, they're going, um, next weekend. And so, um, we moved ours back a week, which pushed it back-to-back with our Lake Erie event. Now, they're different regions, and we've only got a few teams that are going to both or that have been to both, uh, but uh, but it does kind of cram it in between everything. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of our teams that are going to be fishing our event and the NWT next week. Oh, boy. 
So how did the tournament in Port Clinton go? Oh, it was fun, Dan. We had 322 participants from 20 different states when you combine our event with the loot, the Lake Erie Walleye Trail event that was going on. Um, It was incredible to have that many teams out on Lake Erie. You know, we were hoping for giant weights. We didn't get um, Lake Erie giant weights, uh, but we got big weights, Dan. 62 pounds and 2 ounces won. Oh, that's big. It's big. big. No, it's big. You know, in 2018, I know I talked about this. In 2018, we had 89 pounds in two days come across the stage. So when you compare those two, you know, we're quite shy. But um, big fish, what was really neat to see is that from like, um, I would say 60th to first, they're within a fish weight. Holy cow. I mean, it was tight at the top, you know, mm. and, uh, you know, when, and I'm talking fish weight, I'm talking Lake Erie fish weight, you know, there's, there's a, there's a 10 pound difference, but that's easy to make up on Lake Erie. There's yeah. so many 10 pound, nine and 10 pound fish out there. It's incredible. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, Mark Lemke, Walter Price, they were our winners there. They've been fishing the circuit for 10 years and they have been the bridesmaid multiple times. And, uh, this time they got their first MWC win. They won over $30,000 worth of oh. cash mm. and prizes and, uh, uh, happy to see a couple of guys who are just true hardcore walleye anglers that follow the MWC just about everywhere we go. Uh, they're now sitting in contention for Team of the Year with a great finish at Spring Valley and now the win at Lake Erie. So uh, they're really, really excited to continue the season. Well, good for them. And a payout like that uh, really makes it easy to justify, especially to spouses and other people who kind of keep an eye on what you're up to, uh, justify staying with this program. Yeah, no, for sure. We had uh, $62 shy of a $100,000 purse. Hmm. Fantastic. I well, should have thrown the yeah. $62 in. Yeah, really. <laughs> write them a little check. <clears throat> well, and then this weekend you're in Ortonville, Minnesota. What's going on there? Yeah, we got 65 teams in Ortonville, Minnesota, which is actually a pretty big event for uh, for Ortonville, for Big Stone, which is, uh, has been going on for 25-plus years. We've come in. The MWC has been coming here on and off, and uh, we have, uh, we're, we're excited for this. The, a lot of times the ice just leaves before we get here. The ice has been gone for a while, so... Anglers have spent a lot of time on the water, but the bite hasn't been great. There's been a lot of ups and downs and cold fronts there, and so um, it'll be tough. It's going to be, it's not going to be an easy bite, but uh, somebody's going to win it, Dan. It's all going to take is one fish. Somebody's going to yeah, win this money. Yeah, well, there'll be a lot of exploring, and somebody will get lucky and hit a pot of uh, good ones, and that's how it goes sometimes. And somebody always gets them, you bet. Yeah. So you've got second season for turkey. Uh, I do. I feel like I've been waiting week. forever. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the first week of May essentially is, you know, a uh, uh, second season. You know, it's it's crazy. Um, and uh, I, I mean, I got birds coming through my backyard thanks to the spy point cameras. I'm, I'm seeing them almost on a daily basis. I also have a, a very healthy doe walking around who if she sticks around for the next few weeks i may have a i may have a little baby in the uh you may see twins if you're if you're fortunate or even triplets that happens yeah for sure so it's been fun to watch those cameras and uh, and uh, get the notifications each day as everything walks through 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, I have first period for Turkey, and uh, because of a bunch of things going on, uh, I probably won't hunt till the weekend or the end of the weekend. Uh, just, uh, you know, uh, waiting for good weather and an opportunity to go. I've, I've not seen birds or heard birds, but then I haven't been out much. But we have uh, lots going on here at the farm. We've got more chicks on the ground and four more hens sitting on eggs. Uh, and this chicken train just keeps rolling. We're selling broody hens with eggs for 25 bucks, a build-your-own-flock starter kit. And we've sold two, four, uh, two so far, and more are available if anybody's interested. And this uh, weekend we're shearing sheep. Uh, we don't do it. Uh, Aaron Miller, an Amish gentleman, comes and does it. And we just corral them where you can get at them. And uh, we'll have wool for sale along with lambs for breeding and butchering. All kinds of stuff going on. I need to put all this on Facebook uh, Marketplace. I haven't caught up with that yet. But you can email me at dsoradio at gmail.com or call 414-297-7554 if you want details on any of this. DNR Hunter Education Administrator John King talks about in-person hunter education classes. Uh, coming up here, my brother Mike reports on his recent muskie outing on the French Broad River in North Carolina. Interesting name for that river. And Chad Baker of Flow International offers some spring trailer maintenance tips and announces three new trailers in the Flow Versamax UT lineup. All that and more straight ahead on Outdoors Radio. Blackfish Gear has the apparel you need for all of your outdoor adventures. From rain gear with industry-leading fabric technology to ensure you stay dry in the wettest conditions, to UPF sun protection apparel that keeps you cool and your skin protected on the hottest days. And for those cool and blustery days, our soft shell gear will keep you warm and comfortable with a combination of premium fleece and a windproof and weather-resistant outer layer. You can't choose the weather, but you can choose how to dress for it. Choose black Blackfish Gear. Learn more at blackfishgear.com. For the nonprofit Ruffed Grouse Society, the well-being of the Ruffed Grouse and American Woodcock is a special priority. But the Society's conservation work benefits more than just these two game birds. The organization's programs help a long list of other young forest wildlife, including songbirds that must have thick, brushy habitat to survive. For more information about forest wildlife habitat management, contact the Ruffed Grouse Society toll-free at 888-JOIN-RGS. Here's a message from our friends at Remy Battery in Milwaukee, Escanaba, and Houghton. As Remy Battery enters the 90th anniversary of our company, we want to thank all of our customers and friends we've made over the years. We can't even begin to imagine how many batteries we've put into our community's cars, boats, campers, ATVs, businesses, and homes over the past nine decades. We want to thank you for your continued support to our local, family-owned company. As we continue to power through winter, we can't wait to see you soon to prep your boats, motorcycles, and all of your summer toys. We have batteries from the largest military crafts to the smallest hearing aids. Big and small, we have them all. Don't forget to ask your sales representative about volume pricing. Call Remy at 414-384-0340 or visit online at remybattery.com for all your battery and battery accessory needs. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. Flow International is a leader in the trailer industry. I've been using a Flow Cargo Max for several years 
to haul my Honda Pioneer 1000, along with tons of hay and other items, and I just love it. And joining us now to talk about Flo's newest trailer and share some tips for trailer maintenance is Flo Factory representative Chad Baker. Well, Chad, welcome back. Hey, thanks, Dan. Thanks for having me again. You bet. We ha- we talked with you about a month ago, and since then you've introduced several new trailers in the Versamax line. Can you tell us about those? Yeah, we have three new models of the Versamax UT trailer, which is our all-aluminum utility trailer. Uh, the 14-and-a-half-foot size, which is the largest of the three offerings, has some new variants. Uh, we added a single-axle trailer with brakes, we added a tandem axle with no brakes and a tandem axle with brakes. Mm-hmm. And uh, it kind of expands in that uh, that larger size of the utility trailer. Okay. So. Now, why would somebody choose one over the other, the single axle, double axle, brakes, no brakes? Sure. Some people really like the redundancy of a tandem axle trailer, especially if they're traveling great distances regularly. Uh, it's nice to have a, a second axle under the trailer if you were to experience a tire problem or something like that. Um, also, the brake uh, uh, addition adds some cargo uh, capacity to the trailer. So somebody that's looking for a little bit uh, increased capacity would definitely benefit from adding brakes to the trailer. So. Uh-huh. And those are uh, on your website? I, I confess I yep, haven't looked are. today. So yep. Okay. Yep. Good. Uh, and how how is that line selling? Uh, the UT trailer has been an absolute hit. It's uh, it's it's off the charts. I can't even put it into words how how well it's been received. And just uh, we're looking forward to expanding even further. And uh, I would say stay tuned for some near future additions to that lineup as well. Um, looking to grow the the length of the trailer a little bit and, and offer some some additional options for customers. Uh huh. And uh, why would someone want the, the the Versamax versus the Cargomax? Really depends on how the trailer is being used. Uh, the, the UT trailer can be purchased simply as a flat deck trailer, and if all you're doing is hauling a vehicle like a UTV or some four wheelers, a side kit is really not necessary. The Cargomax it, it includes the side kit, and it works really well for loose materials. Uh, landscaping materials, demolition materials, as well as vehicles. So uh, it really depends on how the trailer is going to be used yeah. by the customer. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I've I've uh, hauled, uh, I, I kind of keep it to 50 bales now, 40, 40 pounds small squares, because that's uh, uh, roughly a ton. And that's, sure. that's the uh, cargo limit uh, anyway, somewhere in that range. Uh, but, boy, it hauls, uh, you don't even know it's there. Isn't it crazy? Uh, it's, I, yeah. uh, it's unbelievable how well those trailers tow. Empty, loaded, uh, they're quiet. They don't, uh, rattle down the road like some of our competitors. It's yeah. hard to beat. Yeah, I absolutely love it. Well now, for folks like me, who are not buying a new trailer this year, what should we be thinking about, uh, maintenance-wise, before we begin a season of towing and hauling? I mean, maybe we've had it out once or twice, but, you know, I don't really get rolling until uh, another month or so, and and even boat trailers too. What what concerns should trailer owners have now? Yeah, all all trailers kind of seem to get neglected. Uh, they don't get checked probably as regularly as they should. 
Um, I, I start with the simple things like the lighting system. I hook up the trailer to the truck, make sure the lights work, blinkers, all that good stuff. Um, the big thing for me, and when you drive down the road, uh, you see a lot of people pulled over with a flat tire on a trailer. It's more than likely the tire's dry rotted, cracked, old. You know, it's, uh, it's seen a lot of miles or, or a lot of years. And it's such a simple thing to look at. You can check the wear on the tires. You can check for weather, cracking, all that good stuff. And, and in the grand scheme of the world, tires are relatively inexpensive. It seems like a kind of a no-brainer thing to me. Uh, make sure you have a spare tire. A lot of a lot of trailers you see sitting on the side of the road because uh, the customer didn't have a, a spare. So yeah, yeah. that's that's a simple addition. Um, definitely want to check for grease. Uh, most trailer manufacturers are probably going to recommend you grease the hubs either annually or every two to 3,000 miles. I would say refer to the owner's manual of whatever trailer you're hauling. But, uh, you know, some lubrication in the hubs is never a bad thing. It's also probably a good idea to jack up the trailer and, and see if there's any play in the wheels. Check your bearings and all that good stuff and make sure there's not any excessive play. Um, just really simple stuff. What does it look like? Take take five seconds and, and just look at it. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Good advice. Well, anything else before we let you go that people ought to think about? Yeah, I would just say stay tuned for some future uh, Versamax UT editions, hopefully uh, coming soon. All right. Well, Chad, thanks so much for taking a few minutes to update us on the Versamax UT and share those simple tips. I, I, you know, I, 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 you and I know, and a lot of other people do too, that basic maintenance is... You, you know, it, it doesn't take much time. It's simple, but we neglect it and then we pay the price if we do. Absolutely. It's yeah. priceless. Uh, take five minutes and make sure it's good to go. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. We'll talk again. Thanks, Dan. Have a good day. You too. Chad Baker is a Flow Factory representative. Their website to check out for the new additions to the Versamax UT line and all their other <clears throat> products and trailers is F-L-O-E-I-N-T-L dot com. I'm Dan Small. More Outdoors Radio right after this. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Jeff Helm. We're brought to you by the Wisconsin DNR Home Education and our three programs, dnr.wi.gov, yourwildwi.gov. And joining us now is John King, the Administrative uh, Warden with the DNR. And, John, I appreciate your time, man. Well, thanks for having me on. Well, we are uh, we're talking in-person hunter education classes. I know you guys, along with the rest of the world, kind of had to shut things down last year and uh, not exactly what you wanted to do. And I'm sure this scramble to figure out how on earth are we going to continue this tradition uh, of, of classes uh, was uh, was probably one of the first things that came to mind. And, and I think you guys did whatever you could do to make things work for last year. But I got to imagine there's a lot of folks excited, including uh, folks on your team that were bringing back the in-person classes starting in April. Yeah, it, you know, everybody can attest to that 2020 and, and now into the spring of 2021, we're, we're going to deal with COVID and, uh, it's changed how we've done everything, uh, kind of nationwide. And so, uh, Hunter Education was, uh, not immune to that. Uh, we did, uh, 
you know, we did last fall, we did hunter education classes, but things got pretty rough around, you know, that Christmas time. And so we, we decided we, um, better tighten up on our hunter ed and, and lo and behold, a couple months later, it's looking a lot better, uh, nationwide and for the state of Wisconsin. So being able to open back up hunter education, uh, to, um, hands-on activity is, it's, it's very important and it's exciting to be able to do that. I know our hundred instructors are looking forward to, uh, getting out there and offering classes and, um, making them available to the public. There's no doubt whatsoever in-person classes and in-person instruction can lead to far safer habits for individuals, especially young individuals, probably your, your majority of folks taking your hunter education program. But, you know, last year when, when you guys did kind of have to, uh, curtail that, there was a lot of folks kind of throwing up their hands like, oh, there's going to be a whole generation of, uh, of people that don't know what they're doing. And, and I think you guys did a fantastic job, uh, doing things online and, and working within the parameters that you were doing, you don't feel, of course, that there'd be any major ramifications from folks that did go through the course last year solely online, do you? So, you know, that's... Um it's a tough one to, uh, to put a number to. And the reason being is, is when you've, when you've educated a, approximately one and a quarter million people, um, out there and now three to even four generations of people, um, there are mentors that have hunter education that are going to go out and work with a new person that has taken their hunter education online. And so, our message is out there so far and so deep uh, into our hunting public that I think we're going to see a very minimal um, effect from those that group of people uh, that have taken online hunter education. Uh, and, and so it's a door that has been opened up and, and an opportunity for people to get uh, their hunter education in a different way. Um, but there's no doubt uh, in in every type of education system that is out there uh, where they talk about hands-on being the best way to learn. And uh, so if you think about online education, it's similar to reading a book. And so there's there's information that's retained and then there's information that's not retained. So that, um, that's the issue that comes about, um, you know, with an online program or just reading a book at home and, and getting certified with it. There's, there's certain information that uh, we spend time making sure that we teach our students to be able to do. And that's what's that's potentially what's going to be missing um, with that online-only generation. But as you mentioned, the the roots run deep in Wisconsin, and man, we are so fortunate for that, right? I mean, uh, that that uh, that you're going to have younger individuals or new individuals to hunting, which again we we saw a lot of last year, uh, that are going to be mentored by the right individuals, right? The the right people to show them the proper way to handle a firearm in, in, in any situation. And we, we hope that's the case. And we, we believe that's going to be, um, you know, as we go forward, there's a lot of, a um, lot of these young hunters probably got to hunt already a couple of years in the mentor program without hunter education certification. So um, we believe that, um, you know, the education through online will fill in the gaps that maybe mom, dad, grandpa, 
great grandpa, whoever that is, maybe didn't get with them. Uh, and so I, like I said, I think we have a good, um, working combination there. Um, but we, as we always have, we've always encouraged people to get out and try a hands-on, uh, hunter education class and, uh, they're still available and, and that's what we're going to continue to move forward with. So now we've got, uh, you know, kind of a boost last year due to COVID and, and some of the hunting and fishing numbers here in the state of Wisconsin. And so do you see, you know, you just mentioned that online classes are still going to be available for those that are eligible to take them. Do, do you see that as, uh, last year having kind of boosted those numbers as, like in many businesses where telecommunication now just got a little easier because you were forced into it, is this going to be a bigger impact on the hunter education program than it has been before? Or do you feel like the numbers will uh, kind of go back to where they were pre-COVID and, uh, and you, as you prepare to just do in-person classes uh, or, or prepare for more in-person classes going forward? Well, we did see um – this year, we, we did see an increase in hunter education participation and not, uh, you know, not by tens of thousands, but I think we ended up with probably two to three thousand more people, um, taking hunter education. And, and so I, I will point out the obvious component of that is adults, uh, can take hunter education online to gain, uh, their concealed carry permit. And as we know, Hands-on classes um, did not happen, um, you know, this year. So some of that may be part of, um, you know, that concealed carry program. So, uh, but we did see um, reactivation in hunting. Uh, so those people that, you know, I, I kind of slowly getting out of it. We saw those people jumping back into it, uh, and some new people coming on board, and so. Um, this year, the outdoor industry just had such a boom uh, in activity, whether it was fishing, hunting, kayaking, riding your bike, camping, outdoor activity. So I think when people realize the amount of fun that they had um, outdoors and doing something fun outside, I think we'll see a little bit more stability and maybe a, a little bit less of that downward trend that we've been seeing nationwide. So I, I think it's a good thing. Absolutely. You know, part of the R3 program, right? Retention. That's, uh, that's what we want to, yep. that's what we want to yep. see. Now, these in-person classes, uh, folks can sign up. Are they just for youth or are they for adults or both or who can sign up and, and get back into these in-person classes? <laughs> So anybody of any age can take uh, a hunter education class. And, and so we offer, um, you know, three different types of classes that we, we offer. One is for adult certification. That's all online. We waive that for the time being uh, so that anybody of any age can do the online program. So that's one of them. But the hands-on traditional course, which happens uh, in – we have about 725 to 750 of those that happen every year. Those happen in uh, most of your small communities around the state of Wisconsin. And so that's um, could be a couple nights or it could be uh, a couple days each week up to three weeks in length. And so uh, that's an opportunity for anybody. Um, we see uh, through the years we've seen our hunter education class has been 25% adults, uh, and they're coming and doing the hands-on activities and getting involved and 
and trying it out. So that trend has been pretty stable for quite some time. And then we also have what's called the Internet Field Day, uh, and anybody of any age can do that one. That's a, uh, a, a modified course where you take your online study and you come in and we spend a day with you uh, doing just hands-on activity. And that's kind of uh, fills in the blank of, I saw it done online, but now how do I do it? And how do I load and unload this gun and carry it safely and do all those hands-on activities for the day mm-hmm. to fill in the blanks that the online course can't do uh, for you. And those, in that particular class, we see about 125 of those offered around the state of Wisconsin. So, so there's a lot of opportunity um, for hands-on or if you want to, to completely do it online. Uh, it's out there. It's available. And uh, our classes, are we're starting to see them getting posted um, with this April 1st time frame coming up. Uh, and, and so we'll see quite a few this spring around the turkey season, and then uh, a few will happen during the summer. But we start seeing a good amount of classes coming in in August, September, and October that again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gearing up for uh, gun deer season is tough. So, yeah. and, and so folks can sign up uh, online uh, on the DNR's website, right? Yep. Uh, just really simple way of doing it is go to Go Wild, uh, and you'll see a little search category, search for upcoming classes, and then you can pick out uh, either Hunter Education or, uh, or yeah, Hunter Education or Internet Field Day, and then search by your county. We always encourage people to look. Um, you know, look statewide or pick a county next door to them just in case. You never know. Just right across the border, there could be a a, a class that you want to get into that meets your needs. And um, if you only look in your county, you only see what's there. Absolutely. And I, I want to add one more thing to this. I know folks are going to be excited to get into the class, but I know some hunter education instructors who are just as excited to get back to teaching it. Yeah, it, uh, you know, we've got instructors, um, I think this coming year we're going to see our instructors with 55 years wow. of, of teaching hunter education. So to say they're excited uh, and, and it's something they enjoy doing, um, 55 years of teaching hunter education. And uh, so, yeah, it's it's a, a passion that they enjoy, the outcome uh, of seeing pre-hunter education, 267 hunting accidents down to here we are, uh, anywhere from 16 to 20 hunting accidents. Right. That, that's something to be excited about what you've done with your, um, your volunteer time. So mm-hmm. pretty cool on their part. Well, John, I appreciate the time you, you spent with us here today, and I really hope folks uh, get involved, get themselves signed up for the programs, be it online or in person. Enjoy the in-person time. I know I still fondly remember uh, my hunter education program, and uh, I, I smile just thinking about how much fun it was. So I hope folks enjoy that and uh, get over to Go Wild and search for your classes. And, John, thanks so much again. Thank you. John King, Administrative Warden with the DNR, joining us here on Outdoors Radio. We are brought to you by the DNR, uh, Wisconsin DNR Hunter Education Program and our three programs at dnr.wi.gov and gowild.wi.gov. More Outdoors Radio right after this. 
Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. Get outside and let us be your guide. Lawrence County, Wisconsin. Are you looking for a safe Northwoods destination for outdoor recreation? Lawrence County has over 200,000 acres of uncrowded public land, 160 miles of wooded UTV trails, many lakes and rivers to fish or paddle, seven wild river waterfalls to explore, horse trails with campgrounds, and friendly bars and restaurants. Go to the ExploreFlorenceCounty.com lodging, dining, and recreation tabs to plan your trip. Flow has been making world-class aluminum trailers for 38 years, and the all-new Versamax UT is a giant leap forward in utility trailer technology. Whether you're working on projects or planning a trip, a Flow UT trailer will serve you like no other. And Flow technology eliminates the rattling and banging you get when towing most utility trailers. Whether you're buying for the first time or looking to make an upgrade, see for yourself what sets us apart at floeintl.com. The Versamax UT, another game changer from Flow. If your rifle, shotgun, handgun, or muzzleloader needs work this season, call Roger Williams at Northern Magnetic LLC. A licensed professional gunsmith for over 35 years, Roger can repair, customize, rebarrel, install sights and scope mounts, and more on all firearms, makes, and models. When you need a professional gunsmith, call Roger at 262-339-1798 or visit FixGuns.com. That's 262-339-1798 or FixGuns.com. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. If you're ever in a car or motorcycle accident and need help, call Hupe and Abraham, named Best Personal Injury Law Firm by the Wisconsin Law Journal year after year. The firm of Hupe and Abraham has collected more than a billion dollars for its clients. Call the firm Voted Best and Rated Best. Hupe and Abraham, 800-800-5678 or visit hupy.com. And all 11 offices of Hupe and Abraham in Illinois, Iowa, and Wisconsin are open and ready to take your call if you need help. Well, joining us now is my brother, Mike. Uh, Mike was on the show several years ago, and we think it was after one of our trips to northern Wisconsin for one of the uh, fly fishing competitions that he and I love to do. He lives in the Adirondacks of New York State, which, by the way, is the largest wilderness area east of the Mississippi. People don't think of New York as having a lot of woods and wild country, but, you know, he can get you lost in a hurry up there. And he fishes mainly for muskies on a handful of rivers in New York. He comes to Wisconsin um, every couple of years to fish with me. And he and I have fished together uh, other tournaments in New York and Indiana. And he gets around a little bit. He's just wrapping up a month-long stay in North Carolina where he's had a chance to do a little fishing along with a lot of R&R and visits with family. Well, Mike, thanks for joining us. 
Pleasure to be here, Dan. It's good to talk to you. Oh, yeah. You and I talk regularly, but, you know, uh, not on the show. So, now, you've been fishing a river with a very interesting name up there, French Broad River, uh, or down there, yeah. rather, in North Carolina. Uh, I did yeah. a little research, and apparently there was an English Broad River and a French Broad River. I think they changed the name of the Fr- of the English one. Uh, and, of course, the uh, Cherokee had different names for both of these, but... French Broad River sticks, and uh, it's apparently a pretty good musky and smallmouth river. Yes, it is, and I, I asked uh, both of the guides that I fished with if they knew the origin of the name, and neither one did, so, uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you didn't see any French Broad sitting on a rock in the middle of the river anywhere. No, no, I thought they might shed some light on that, but no. Yeah, okay. Well, earlier this <laughs> week, you and our younger brother, Pete, Hired one of those guides for a float trip. Tell us how that went. Well, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, actually, this was the second of two float trips. I had uh, I had floated with uh, one guide a couple weeks ago, uh, and then uh, Pete, our other brother Pete, and I floated with a, se- a separate guide yesterday, and uh, um, we had a ball. It was a great uh, it was a great river to fish. Um, the, both guides were. Um, I'd say, uh, you know, exceptionally friendly and uh, easy to spend a day with, very very knowledgeable and very helpful in terms of, you know, um, practicing casting and spots to hit and uh, musky, musky psychology and all that kind of stuff. So it was uh, very enjoyable. Well, good. Now, you did not catch a fish, but you had a little action. <laughs> yes, we – so the first day, uh, first trip, did not move a fish, but uh, – Yesterday's trip, uh, about 10.30 in the morning, uh, I was fishing with uh, one of my homemade jigs and uh, I got a follow from uh, about a, he said it was a mid-40s fish and it was just there for seconds and I went into a figure eight but the fish just dropped out of sight and never saw it again and we we pounded that spot, uh, floated past that spot three or four more times but uh, never moved it again and that was the only fish we saw all day. Wow, no bass, huh? No bass, no. Um, uh, I think the bass were concentrated in other parts of the river, or uh, maybe the water was a little little too high. Uh, the water had come down to 3,000 cubic feet per second, and the week we got here was as high as 18,000 oh cubic my, feet per second. Oh, my God. That's, from, that's from heavy nice. rains. Yeah, 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 yeah. So... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. so uh, Tell us a little bit about this river. It, it it rises in North Carolina, and it flows into Tennessee, where it joins another and forms the Tennessee River. But what's it like? It's um, it's well. There's several different sections. Uh, there are sections that are gravelly and rocky, and you go through long uh, spells without seeing some really good uh, bass or musky water. Uh, but the section we fished, which was r- large, I mean, we uh, we fished from an area, a town called Brevard, to below the dam in Marshall, and that's a long. That's like a. Oh, I don't know how many miles it is, but um, the section that we concentrated on was um, um, was lowland farmlands, a lot of sod farms uh, up on along the banks, so it was meandering. Um, uh, the 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 uh, main feature is a lot of lumber. There's just wood everywhere, down trees, and so um, every I'd say every twenty to thirty yards, there was a, there was a quiet slack water. 
uh, area along the bank where you could cast up into uh, uh, versus uh, the rivers I'm used to fishing in New York State and even some of the ones that you and I fish in Wisconsin. You might go several hundred yards through what I would call dead water before you get to any fishy-looking spots, you know, but uh, this French broad was just, I mean, it just looked fishy everywhere we, everywhere we fished. Well, that's cool. Well, um, yeah, yeah I would neat. say the flambeau... Or the lower Chippewa, where both of those rivers are bigger, are, yeah. uh, you know, have stretches of dead water, like you say. But even in that dead water, sometimes, you know, there are boulders. That's dark water, and you don't see them. And, yeah. uh, you know, a fish can hide behind that and come out of it. Uh, now, you say you, you hit this spot three times. What did this, where was this fish holding? This fish was holding um, with one of my favorite spots to fish, which is a smaller creek uh, coming into the main river and right at the mouth. Uh, so there was a sandbar at the mouth of this smaller creek. It dropped off into a deeper trench in a big kind of an eddy pool, and there were three or four stump clusters at right at the right where the water dropped off. And this fish came out from behind one one of those stump clusters, and uh, just was there, just you know materialized and 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 was gone within two seconds. It was over. It was over in two seconds. The way they but do. It was good. Yeah. It was very exciting. It was a good fish, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. Any yeah. any fish yeah. over forty is a good fish for yeah. crying out loud. Yeah. Now, Pete. Uh, you know, he lives in Florida, if folks don't know that, and he's uh, he's in a, uh, I guess you'd call it a, I don't know, a housing uh, group or a, a, a condo yeah, I think unit. Yeah, it's a development, a development where they live. Yeah, yeah and they got a pond yeah. there, and he does a lot of fishing on that pond, catches bass and, uh, and catfish. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we've taken him musky fishing a few times, and I was really surprised that he went along because, you know, he's told me, and he's probably told you too, yeah, I'm interested in catching, not fishing. But <laughs> yesterday he did yeah. a day of fishing. How did, how did he, what did he make of it? He, he, he had a good time, and he had opted for a half a day. So I stayed with the guy the whole day, and we dropped Pete off, uh, uh, halfway along and he, he went home, but, uh, he had a good time. Uh, you know, I think he was throwing, uh, mostly plugs and, uh, you know, like, uh, crankbaits and gliders and stuff like that. Whereas I picked up the fly rod once in a while, but, yeah. uh, but no, I think he had a good time. Yeah. Well, good. And that's smart. You know, anybody who doesn't, um, he works out, of course, cause he, he, he owns, uh, you know, an orange, uh, theory fitness, uh, uh, Jim, I guess you'd call it. So he has a chance yeah. to work out all the time. He's in pretty good shape. But being in shape and having the arms and the stamina to throw a 10 weight rod or even a, a musky, uh, casting rod or spinning rod all day, uh, it's a different thing. I got home last, I got home, we got off the water about four. I got home and I went right in and took a nap for an hour before dinner. <laughs> yeah. I was wiped out. But it was a great, it was the kind of tired that you love to uh, have, you know, after being outdoors all day. And uh, as I said, these these guys were just great guys to fish with and beautiful water. I mean, this water was just uh, really, really uh, fishy looking and just uh, hundreds and hundreds of spots to cast. So no shortage of opportunities in the floats. Cool. Well, um, the guides, are they reachable online? I would imagine they are. <clears throat> they are. There were two, uh, uh, there were two uh, companies. One 
was the Asheville Fly Fishing Company, and you could go on on their website. And the guy through them that I fished with, his name is Ryan Bednar, B-E-D-N-A-R. Um, the second one was Davidson River Outfitters, and the guide was Walker Perry, Walker Perry. And both, again, both of these guys were excellent. Uh-huh. I would recommend them to anybody. Yeah, okay. Well, great. <clears throat> Now, um, you know, people often ask me if you sell your flies, and, you know, I sell them at sports shows, and you do occasionally, but you're not in the commercial fly business, but you've hooked up recently with Musky Fool, Dan Donovan, and uh, his wife, I think her name is Jen, um, and, uh, you know, they've been on the show, yes. and, and uh, they made a nice donation when I... When I did my uh, virtual musky seminar for the Capital City Muskies Inc. Uh, uh, school this year, um, you recommend them, don't you? I do. You know, they, they first caught my attention by their name. I said musky. That's I. You know, I'm connected there. You know, so I. You know, that was the first draw. But uh, after after dealing with them and buying some materials from them, you know, they. Uh, they ship promptly. They had really good customer service and backup. And I like the fact that they do these webinars with local uh, uh, fly tires in the Wisconsin area. And uh, so, yeah, I I, um, I I would recommend them. Well, good. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll be talking again soon, but uh, I hope I can get together with you. Uh, I've got a conference in New York in October. They keep moving it around, but uh, it's, now it's the first week of October. And if I if I can make it out to that, we'll maybe get on the water there if you don't come out here first. That sounds great. All right. Well, thanks for uh, joining us, and thanks for the little, uh, you know, comparison. It's always interesting to see rivers side by side. And by the way, the that river's open year-round, isn't it, for fishing, or is it? it? Yes, it is. Yeah, muskie right. season does not close in uh, in this area. Wow, that's cool. All right, Mike. Well, we'll talk soon. Okay, thanks, Dan. Good talking to you. You bet. My brother Mike Small uh, on a trip to North Carolina talking about his uh, couple of musky outings on the French Broad River. You know, if you're ever in a car or motorcycle accident and need help, call Hupe and Abraham, named Best Personal Injury Law Firm by the Wisconsin Law Journal year after year. The firm of Hupe and Abraham has collected more than a billion dollars for its clients. Call the firm Voted Best and Rated Best, Hupe and Abraham, 800-800-5678, or visit com. And all 11 offices of Hupe and Abraham are open for business if you need their help. And I haven't mentioned this in a while, but uh, Mike Hupe and Hupe and Abraham, they have been my longest-running sponsor. He was the first sponsor when I started this show 16 years ago, and... Uh, They've been with me ever since, and Mike, I certainly appreciate your support. I'm Dan Small. Keep listening for more Outdoors Radio right after this. Blackfish Gear has the apparel you need for all of your outdoor adventures. From rain gear with industry-leading fabric technology to ensure you stay dry in the wettest conditions, to UPF sun protection apparel that keeps you cool and your skin protected on the hottest days. And for those cool and blustery days, our soft shell gear will keep you warm and comfortable with a combination of premium fleece and a windproof and weather-resistant outer layer. You can't choose the weather, but you can choose how to dress for it. Choose Blackfish Gear. Learn more at blackfishgear.com. Get outside and let us be your guide. Lawrence County, Wisconsin.
Wisconsin. Are you looking for a safe Northwoods destination for outdoor recreation? Florence County has over 200,000 acres of uncrowded public land with 160 miles of wooded UTV trails, many lakes and rivers to fish or paddle, seven wild river waterfalls to explore, horse trails with campgrounds, and friendly bars and restaurants. Go to the ExploreFlorenceCounty.com lodging, dining, and recreation tabs to plan your trip. Flow has been making world-class aluminum trailers for 38 years, and the all-new Versamax UT is a giant leap forward in utility trailer technology. Whether you're working on projects or planning a trip, a Flow UT trailer will serve you like no other. And Flow technology eliminates the rattling and banging you get when towing most utility trailers. Whether you're buying for the first time or looking to make an upgrade, see for yourself what sets us apart at floeintl.com. The Versamax UT, another game changer from Flow. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. For the nonprofit Ruffed Grouse Society, the well-being of the Ruffed Grouse and American Woodcock is a special priority. But the Society's conservation work benefits more than just these two game birds. The organization's programs help a long list of other young forest wildlife, including songbirds that must have thick, brushy habitat to survive. For more information about forest wildlife habitat management, contact the Ruffed Grouse Society toll-free at 888 join rgs welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information outdoors radio with dan small outdoors radio is brought to you by cedar lake sales on highway 33 west in west bend on the web at cedarlakesales.com and cedar lake sales is open for business so you can get your boat summer ready uh, you can check out their website or Facebook page for updates and details. And if you missed an episode of Outdoor Wisconsin, you can watch any show from the past several seasons online at milwaukeepbs.org. And if you missed Deer Hunt Wisconsin, we've been saying this now for months, you can still watch it online on the Deer Hunt Wisconsin YouTube channel. Of course, you can Google either and uh, get those connections as well. You know, if I missed anything as we're going through today's show or you want to hear something again, you can listen to us online all the time. Go to lake-link.com. They have an outdoor radio page that you can listen to, uh, take us with you with your uh, favorite uh, podcast app. And uh, and uh, we'd love to have you as our our regular listeners, our regular fans. You can just follow us along then on social media by uh, checking out Dan at Dan Small Outdoors and following me at Hardwater Jeff. Yes, we have a pretty solid fan base and gaining all the time, and we're always uh, happy if more people find the show and become listeners and fans. So uh, do follow Jeff's advice there. Well, we've had a little rain, but don't forget, early spring is wildfire season. Dried grasses, debris from storms from past years, Combined with low humidity and windy days, all contribute to wildfire. Fire. So if you're driving a, a UTV or an ATV and a spark comes out, or if you're uh, careless with uh, smoking materials, uh, or, or, or somebody's burning outside and they shouldn't be, you know, it's easy to start a wildfire. Um, if you see one, 
uh, report it to uh, the authorities. I'd call DNR or the sheriff. And uh, just be careful and watch what you do outside so we don't destroy any of our natural resources. Our theme music is by Warren Nelson. You can hear more of his tunes at warrennelson.com. You can buy his CD, Anglin Wayne and the Trollers, with our two theme songs and more and uh, on his website, warrennelson.com. I'm Dan Small. Here with Jeff Kelm, get outside this weekend and join us again next week for Outdoors Radio. You've been listening to Outdoors Radio, your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Find more Outdoors Radio online at dansmalloutdoors.com. Brought to you by Lake Link, your online fishing resource at lake-link.com. When the worms go dry. Coffee can honey